Welcome to Intermission. This week on the show, the lights are out. Nobody's home. We're full delusion, people. I hardly know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Let me try to talk about my necessary delusion right now. The pandemic has ended. Delusion. And I got a great job. Delusion. In advertising as a creative director. I live in California and I'm working on New York time, which means I'm up and online at 6.30 a.m., but I'm off at 2.30. Not a bad gig. And frankly, I really like being a creative director. I think I'm good at it and it keeps my weird little mind activated all day. And then when I get off in the middle of the afternoon, I work on these stories and I go to the pool in our complex. But most of the time, my laptop heats up beyond belief by the pool and my battery won't hold a charge anymore and I have to go back upstairs. And basically what happens is I find myself working in front of a screen for 60 hours a week, essentially. I don't think I've ever been so out of shape. It's like I should be in therapy, but I'm not in therapy, and so I make this podcast. It's a pretty relentless grind, and I think that I do it mostly to myself. I'm keeping the interviews on the phone too long. I'm trying to sort of relax this anxious little lizard brain of mine that is so afraid that I'm not going to post, that I'm going to cut somebody's story improperly. I'm actually cutting a great story this week that I'm so excited about. The second babies came out, man, divorce was the first thing on my mind. Babies wrecked me. We're going to be on here until midnight, you realize. But I just am afraid that I'm not going to honor the story properly, or I am going to honor the story properly, and I'm just going to run myself into the ground doing it. Or I'm going to be a bad husband while I'm doing it. That's another big fear. Because you can't just be a bad husband. Not if you have a woman that requires a good husband. And I do. So I'm trying to be a great employee. I'm trying to make a great podcast. And I'm trying to be a great husband. And nowhere in that equation do I talk about getting into shape or not staring at a screen for 10 plus hours a day. <laughs> Your necessary delusion. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Earth Monster. I'm your host, Matt LeBlanc, and it really doesn't matter what my name is because I'm trying to figure out who I really am. This is Your Necessary Delusion, the storytelling show that celebrates vulnerability and speaks to the darkest, messiest little parts of your heart about the lies that we tell ourselves every day, the stories that we use to get out of bed, the fantasies that we let propel our lives. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I'm really talking to myself. This is the place for me to work out my ideas, flesh out my story, empathize, connect. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because this is kind of not a real episode. Delusion! If you can't tell, I've been killing myself a little bit. <laughs> I'm being overly dramatic. What's been happening is that I end up at the end of the week. It's like a Friday night. My wife's like, hey, the week's over. Let's hang out. And I'm like, totally. Except I just have one more hour to get this episode done. And by one hour, I mean six. Okay, and tomorrow. Okay, and I'm sweating, and I've been inside all week, and I'm not being as healthy as I should be. And frankly, although I'm optimistic and well-intentioned, what I'm doing is not sustainable. So what better way to work out this delusion than to make it an episode? And I realize this is super meta, and it's kind of complicated, but I do think that it's worth talking about. 
Because regardless of your industry or your passion or your hustle or the specifics of your life, if you are trying to really do anything, it's a grind. It's a little piece of wisdom I got from one of my neighbors in the elevator yesterday. He was overreaching, but thank you very much. I'll take it. Adulting is a grind. Finding balance is a grind. And that really is the necessary delusion, is that I can balance. I can't balance. I can only try to balance. My track record is completely lopsided. But you know what I can do? Make a mess. Oh, can I make a mess? We all can. We all do. And while usually each week we break down our delusions, this week I want to talk more about the mess that our delusions create and the way that we can focus that mess to becoming our mission. So I'm working with this child. I cannot give you too many details or be too specific, obviously. But one of the areas that the mother wanted us to work on was lying. This is my wife, Pau. She's a behavior analyst. She was working with a child who was lying a lot, all the time, apparently. She couldn't say the kid's exact age, but I'm told younger than 12 and older than 5. And we are talking about big, obvious lies that only a kid would think that they could get away with. <laughs> I suppose this is what we'll call the mess. But when a parent brings this kind of uh, request from me, the first thing that I need to ask myself, well, what is the reason or what's so effective for this child when he lies? What does he get out of it? I wanted to see if he was trying to escape maybe specific activities. So what we did is that over a period of observations and questions, what I learned was that every time that he was lying, he was getting a lot of attention, either in the form of redirection or... Uh, people responding to it or saying, oh, but you know what, that's not true. And the more that you contradicted him, the more he would hang on to the idea of like, no, this is my reality. He would give like fictional stories and everyone was so quick to redirect him. We learned that attention was one of the main areas that were reinforcing to him. So I had a conversation with the parent and so I told him, well, let's let's just not oppress the behavior. Let's give him an outlet for him to still be able to use that creativity because he's still a child. We want him to be able to use that creativity and do it in ways that are more socially appropriate where he will still be able to get that need of attention met because this was his way of wanting to socialize and ultimately connect with people. All of the misguided ways that we go about trying to connect. He just had a difficult time discriminating between what information was fictional and what information was reality. Relatable. So instead of just saying, don't lie, period, we don't want to hear these stories anymore, we said, okay, why don't we just allocate a time for the child to be able to utilize this already existing skill that he had, which was drawing, and just allow him to tell these stories through comics. It turned out the kid loved to draw and he was good at it. He didn't know what comics were. So when we gave him some samples of what this looked like, he was actually really excited. But when I sat down with the mother, she was still concerned, of course, that, hey, you know, I don't know that I want to reinforce this behavior even through comics because I'm afraid that it's still gonna manifest in during natural occurring opportunities for social interactions. And so what I explained to her is that by trying to suppress that behavior, he was just going to try to avoid her and he was still going to try to do it either way. You can't fight human behavior. Well, you can, but 
you're better off to accept and redirect. So mom agreed and they began the process of channeling his lies into his comics. So he actually started creating comics where he was able to tell all these stories that he was mixing and matching when he was interacting with people. He was just able to put those in, into the comics and we would provide tons of attention to him during those specific times. But of course, in the very beginning, we still have to do a little bit of uh, a plan ignoring for the times that he tried to continue trying to talk about these fictitious stories or just changing the, the subject when he tried to engage in these fictitious stories. It didn't change overnight. Sometimes he still made ridiculous claims like, Elon Musk is coming over for dinner and we're only going to eat cabbage. I'm speculating. Powell was not able to share specifics about the lies, but... What else does a kid lie about? Anyway, he really took to creating the comics. Over time, he started to learn that he was more likely to get this attention through the comic stories. So, like I said, instead of suppressing the behavior, we had to look for an alternative way for him to be able to still express himself and, and be creative with the stories that he was coming up with. So, how has he been doing since he's been doing the comics? He is extremely excited to, this is a new skill that he learned too, like we utilized something he already had and turned it into something new, creating comics, and through this activity, he's a little bit more accepting to not transfer all of this to real life interactions with people. I realize I'm pushing the metaphor a little bit, but the idea is there. If the lies are his mess, then the comics are his mission. He's developed a whole cast of characters to draw and modeled them after his own family members. So now when Elon comes for dinner, it only exists in six small squares on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, for the most part. So has he stopped lying to people? Oh, when we started, it, it was a transition. But uh, at this point in time, uh, he requires very minimal reminders. I wouldn't even call it redirection. Our body language would kind of indicate like, mm, are you sure about that? And then he's like, oh, no, 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 sorry. That's fictional. I can add that to my story. So he has come as far as identifying, okay, no, this is something that I can add to my book. Never mind. That's, that's not true. The practice hasn't just helped his social interactions, it's actually made him more mindful himself about what's true and what he is creating himself. He does get tempted to tell these stories to people and then mix them with reality. But who, who does, exactly, I was going to say, who does it? Sometimes I find myself telling stories to people and then I start adding a little bit of spiciness here and there and then I tell myself, well, no, actually I didn't say that, but I wish I had said that. It would have been pretty cool if I had. So who doesn't? He, it's just a matter of bringing awareness and him just kind of working on it. He will probably continue doing it, which is absolutely human, as long as he's aware and it doesn't become an issue in the future. Make your mess your mission. Somebody smart said that, or maybe I heard it on Instagram. I think it was Masterclass. Make your mess your mission. <whistles> that I can connect to. And I know that I'm not alone in saying this. We are all a mess. Even if your mess doesn't look like a mess, even if it looks immaculate and pristine and tidy, then in my opinion, that's your mess. It is really what makes us so scary. When I was in third grade, my best friend was moving away to St. Louis. It was really sad, but we decided to throw a big surprise goodbye party for him in my backyard. And leading up to the party, my mom helped me make this goodbye video. 
The video took probably two or three weeks to make, and it was really some of the most fun that I ever had as a kid. We did this big opening dance sequence in my front yard, and then we wrote comedy sketches that my brother and I acted in, and I interviewed the teachers and the kids from school. We worked on it all the time. I think we may have done like a stop motion title card or something, and the stakes felt really high because it was for my best friend's goodbye. Everything was leading up to the surprise goodbye party in my backyard. We'd invited all of the kids from our class, all of the kids, except for Carla. Carla also happened to be my neighbor. Our backyards connected, and so when we weren't in school, Carla and I hung out every day. She was just always around. I mean, we didn't really hang out at school, but we didn't ignore each other at school either. We just had our own friends. But she did have a couple of strikes against her. For one, my older cousin did not think she was cool. And so when my cousin was over, Carla was on the outs. And that is on me, totally giving in to peer pressure. The other strike that she had against her was her little brother, Tim. Tim was a lot younger than us, and he followed her everywhere. Tim was also a dick by anyone's estimation. He was a problem child. He once whipped me in the face with a fishing pole. The point is, even though my brother and I hung out with them every day, they were not invited to the surprise goodbye party. I don't remember how we communicated that to them. My parents did not say that to their parents, but it was somehow known. Maybe I said it to Carla. I I'm not sure. Anyway, on the night of the party, our whole grade came over and hid in my backyard. I walked a block away to my best friend's house and picked him up for our sleepover which was the ruse that we used to get him to my house. And we walked up my driveway and surprise, I was peeking. I had never hosted a party before. I was sure that everything that I said that night was hilarious and charming. We had a bonfire and food and I got to show all of my friends the woods behind our house and we were running around and it just felt like everything was working. Except Carla and Tim kept spying on the party from their yard and then they would edge a little closer into our other neighbor's yard, and they would stand behind the bushes. And pretty soon, they came out from behind the bushes, and they were just standing in plain sight just beyond the property line, watching the party happen. And I snapped. I was angry and embarrassed, and I threw a tantrum in front of everybody, and I ran over to them, and I screamed from just across the property line, go home. You're not supposed to be here. Get out of here. And honestly, it was so much uglier than that. They left and my mom pulled me inside and yelled at me a little bit and made me calm down. And then I went back out to the party and I acted like nothing happened. And I had the time of my life. Everybody stayed over until like 11 p.m. and we were singing and a bunch of people slept over and we played the goodbye video and everybody loved it and thought it was so funny and it was the best night. A couple of days later, Carla's family was having a garage sale. It was always really exciting when they had garage sales because her parents had a bunch of like really weird stuff in their house. Taxidermy animals and blown glass sculpture pieces and really tacky sweaters that reminded me of Florida. Anyway, normally when they would have a garage sale, I would spend 12 hours hanging out in their garage, looking through all the stuff and talking to people. So two days after the party, they put the garage sale up and I go over in the morning and I walk right into the garage like I'm setting up shop. <laughs> 
what is that, a zebra head? Are you kidding me? You guys have been hiding the zebra head? Whose shoes were these? Are they my size? Suddenly, Carla's mom came out, and she grabbed my arm. Not hard, but she just very cleanly started walking me towards the back door. And she said, Matt, what are you doing here? And I said, I came over for the garage sale. And she said, you can't come here. Why not, delusion? Because you didn't invite my little girl to your party. And you made her cry. And so you're not welcome in my house anymore. And I don't even think that I got angry. I think I felt ashamed right away. Because I knew it was wrong not to invite Carla to my party. And I knew that it was even worse to scream at her in front of everybody and embarrass her. And even though this happened almost three decades ago, I truly think about this on a weekly basis. My delusion that night was that I was the protagonist, that I was the good guy, funny and charming and throwing a thoughtful going away party for my best friend, that I made him a video so that he could feel love from the people that he was leaving. Delusion. I look back now and I see how much ego was wrapped up in it imaginary pressure that I put on myself that caused me to lash out and act like the worst version of myself. The reason that I tell this story is because it is such a perfect representation of my mess. I can see how each part of this story has hung on to me and continued to manifest itself in this series of tantrums that I've called my life. My fascination with mankind's ugly, selfish underbelly, my desire to dig behind that behavior and learn from it, the way that making a goodbye video has expressed itself in me being an actor and a writer and now a podcaster, but most significantly in this weight that I feel to let go of my own ego and learn to lead with empathy. Like I said, I've been using this story to beat myself up for about three decades now, but it wasn't until last year that I took Simon Sinek's Start With Why program that I really discovered its significance and depth. The program requires you to tell a series of personal stories and dissect them for insights about your greatest contributions and your greatest impacts in order to draft your why statement. That's why, W-H-Y. Like, why do you do the things that you do, Earth Monster? Your why can sort of be described as your timeless mission in life. What do you have to offer in any situation? That's your why. The program is move at your own pace. It personally took me 11 hours to complete online and it cost about $100. I would truly recommend this to any person who's interested. Before I took the program, if you had asked me what my timeless mission in life was, I probably had a gist. It might have taken me about 45 minutes to describe it and we both would be a little unclear at the end, but $100 and 11 hours later, I can say it to you in one concise statement. And there is a lot of power that comes with that. My why is to celebrate vulnerability and inspire others to do the same so that we learn to uncover truth and accept our authenticity. Being able to articulate my why has brought me so much clarity about the places that I've been and the things that I've done, but also clarity for the places that I'm going and how I fit into the bigger picture. It has allowed me to better lead my own journey. Coincidentally, I had the idea for this podcast before I learned my why, but it wasn't until after I took the program and drafted my statement that I really understood why it was so important for me to make this. This show is the perfect expression of my why. From mess to mission, this is my necessary delusion. Oh, it was a messy episode today, guys. (laughs) I'm not even sure that the ending directly connected to the beginning, but uh, it was just where I was authentically at. Balance is a delusion. 
delusions make messes. We sort through the messes and we find our missions. Something like that. I want to thank you for sticking with me because the story about Carla and the party has been something that has really been haunting me for a long time and ended up being a very significant piece in my journey to finding this show. So I think I just really needed to air that out. Thank you for being here with me today, Earth Monster. If you have love for the show and you want to support us, you can send us $1.43 to at your necessary delusion on Venmo. And we will consider that love. Please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can write us a review on Apple iTunes. That's the Purple Podcast app. You just have to hit five stars and type in your little review and you're done. You can literally do the whole thing from your phone. I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. And to the love of my life, Paola Monterde, for always being so down to record a little piece of audio when I need it. We have got epic, everyday stories of success and redemption coming out for you every Monday. You're definitely not going to want to miss next week because I only talk to compelling people. We'll see you next time. My why is to celebrate vulnerability and inspire others to do the same so that we learn to uncover truth and accept our authenticity. It's pretty concise, right?